He's our way maker. He's our miracle worker. He's our promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. <laughs> that is who he is. I'm thankful that I serve a God that never fails. I'm thankful that I serve a God that keeps his promises. I'm thankful that I serve a God that is a light in this dark world. I'm thankful tonight. Tonight I want us to go to Luke 1 and 37. And I promise I'm not keeping you long tonight. I was reading, started in Genesis, kind of got, that's kind of where I've got basically the theme of what I'm wanting to preach tonight or talk to you about this evening. And in Luke 1 and 37, it says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Let me say that again, because that excites me. That excites me. For with God, nothing is impossible. Not one thing. He saves. He delivers. He heals. He protects. Nothing is impossible with our God. Father God, I'm thankful for your word tonight. I'm thankful for your presence. I'm thankful for who you are and what you've done at the cross on Calvary, Lord. I'm thankful that nothing is impossible with you because with men, <laughs> because with men, <laughs> but you are more than that. You are the son of the living God. You are the one that called the earth into formation. The stars in the sky, the waters, the sea, the land, the trees, the vegetation. Lord God, you are my everything. I pray that, Lord God, that you, your spirit would fall in this place, that your will would be done, that lives would be changed. I pray that, Father God, that you would do what only you can do in this place tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Like I said, I started in Genesis 18 and 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now, we're talking about Abraham and Sarah, right? Where they longed to have a child, and they prayed. And the Lord told them that they would, but they, they kind of were like, are you sure about that? Because I'm pretty old. I'm pretty old. Who want, I, I'll tell you right now, for, I won't tell you, in my 40s, <laughs> I don't want to be having a child. But they were older than they were, they were older in 40. You want to know why I don't want to have a child at this age? I'm tired. 
I take care of those two grandbabies sometimes. I tell you what, I don't have the energy like I did when I was in my 20s. (laughs) You get tired. But they long to have a child. And God made a promise where we would think that there is no possible way for an old man and an old woman to conceive and and for a woman to give birth in their 90s. With God, all things are possible. You know, Sarah had a little snicker. She kind of laughed at that. And then you know what she did? She denied it. (laughs) I, I didn't laugh. Well, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And the the angel of the Lord said that they would be coming back, and when they did, that she would be carrying a son. And his name will be Isaac. Do you know that she was revisited just as as promised? When I go back to Luke 1 and 37, where it says, For with God nothing is impossible, it was talking about the story where the Holy Spirit had come and told Mary that she would be carrying us a child, and that child's name would be Jesus. Right? Right. Well, she's like, How can that be? I have not been with a man. It's going to be a miracle. You shall conceive, and his name will be called Jesus. You know, with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with our God. No situation that we face, no diagnosis that we've been given is impossible for our God. No, No, there was a man that at Paris First Assembly, he got up to testify. I didn't know this. I'd only been in Paris about four years. And he got up and he testified about the goodness of God and what God had done in him. He was, he he had a kidney that was failing. He was born with one. He was born with one kidney and his kidney was failing. And so he prayed, God, heal my body. Do you know God went even further than that because he stood up and he testified. Not only did God heal the kidney that I have, but he gave me a brand new one. Let me tell you, there is nothing impossible with our God. Cat talks about the wayward son, our prodigal sons, that they are to come home, Right? We pray and we ask, Lord, bring our sons, bring our daughters back to the cross. Bring them back to the knowledge of who you are and what you've done. The saving grace, Lord Jesus, bring them back. The prodigals will come home. It's a promise in the word of God. Do you remember that that story of the prodigal son? Where he wanted what was his, his inheritance. He thought he deserved it. Let me tell you, children that are in this room today, you deserve nothing. You deserve nothing. Now, you may say that sounds kind of harsh. But it's true. He didn't deserve anything. 
But his dad, because he went to his father and he, he demanded his inheritance, give me what is mine. His father did so. And he went on his own way and squandered it all. You know, there's a reason why you don't get the things that you think that you deserve. First and foremost, a lot of times you're not mature enough to handle it. Can I get an amen? You're not mature enough to handle it. There's reasons why we, we, we don't just give you the world. This, this child squandered everything, and he, he ended up in a pig pen. He finally came to himself. Now, let me tell you, not everyone out there is going to come to themselves the way that this wayward son did. Some come to themselves because they're about to die of the addiction that they've been living in. Some come to themselves because they've squandered all the money that they have and they have nothing left and they're asking the Lord to deliver them out of the pig pen. Some of them come to themselves because they lost everything that was held dear to them. Their wives and their children have now walked away. Or vice versa. The husband has taken the children, and now the wife is left with her most valued possessions, as she calls them, and they're no longer in front of her. Everyone comes to themselves in a different manner. I didn't, come to, I didn't come to myself because I was a drug addict or I was an alcoholic. God used the very thing that I longed to have in my life was a little boy. And the Lord told me, you were raised in church and given the opportunity to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Now it's your turn. It's your turn. Now, the first time that I took him, did it stick? Well, no. I was a little fleshy and um, didn't think I had the strength in me because I had a husband that refused to go. So I quit. And I had to look at that little boy knowing that I wasn't raising him the way the Lord intended me to raise him. So the Lord had to, and I, I believe this. I, I really do. I, 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 I gave birth to my second child. I was a healthy 20-year-old. No problems. I was a healthy 20-year-old. I gave birth the first time, no problem whatsoever. The second time I give birth, and now all of a sudden my health has declined to the point of I was almost bleeding to death. Nine months walking around, hemorrhaged, surgery after surgery. No, nobody could ever f figure out what had actually happened. And when they finally did a hysterectomy, my uterus was the size of me being pregnant three months, and it was seeping through the doctor's hands. I would have bled to death. And now I have a nine-month-old and a two-year-old. And I, I go to the Lord and I'm broken at 21 years old and never given the opportunity to have another child. And that's all I've ever wanted was to be a mom 
with many children at my feet. But you know what the enemy tries to use to destroy me? Because I turned my life over to the Lord and I started serving him, he restored something in me and he gave me another child. I came to myself, but it wasn't out of addiction. It was out of brokenness. It was out of, out of being needing to heal, not just physically, but I was in a marriage that was not <laughs> healthy. We were very toxic for each other. There was a lot of belittling going on, tearing down, left feeling like I was worth nothing. I didn't come to myself as a drug addict. I didn't come to myself not having any money because I, I was rich and now I'm poor. I'd always been poor. <laughs> that was nothing new. I came to myself because I needed a Lord, a Savior, a healer, a deliverer in my life. Let me tell you, with God, nothing is impossible. In Matthew 19 and 26, but Jesus looked at them, which is his disciples, and he said to them, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This was a rich young ruler. How many of you know that you can't just give up things that are holding you bound just by an act of will? That would be me. We can't give up, we can't set aside we can't be delivered from anything, whether it be a mindset, whether it be a rebellion. 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 You know, that's a bondage in itself. Rebellion. Addiction, etc. In our own strength, it has to be the Lord. It has to. You know, the Lord reminded me that stubbornness is rebellion. And do you know I had to repent? Because how many of you might know that I can be a little bit stubborn? No? Thank you. I appreciate that. That's good, Duel. I have, I have one that's got me. Yeah. You ask JR and he'll tell you completely and utterly something different. <laughs> I can be a little bit stubborn. I can tell you that God has delivered me out of being extremely stubborn. Dig my heels in. You're not going to change my mind. I know better. This is what we're doing. Cheyenne, you do not get to sit there and smile at me. That is wrong. <laughs> How do you know that your kids think that they can be the Holy Spirit sometime? <laughs> Woo! Stubbornness. Dig your heels in. Whether it be something good or something bad. You're not changing my mind. It's, a, it's all about, it, it's your heart. It's the spirit that's driving you. 
That's what the problem is. It's, it's, it's not that you are, are saying, okay, this is the right way to, you know, like the Word of God, this is the right way to go. This is something that you don't have to back down on. Somebody comes at you, like, no, it's like, mm, that's not what the Word says. The Word says this. You don't have to back down. That's not being stubborn. That's being truth. That's telling the truth. That, that's standing on the Word of God. Nobody, nobody, you should not let anybody push back when it comes to the Word. You stand firm. And don't let them tell you you're being stubborn. Don't let them tell you you're being stubborn. Stubborn is when you're wrong and you hate to admit that you're wrong. Stubborn is you're not going to, somebody asks you to do something and I'll do it when I feel good and ready to. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. What do you think it would have been like if if Jesus says, you know what? I really don't want to die on the cross today. I'll get back with you on that. You know, when, when parents tell you to clean your bedroom and Benjamin, you sit there and go, mom, you know... I'll do it tomorrow. No, it doesn't work that way. That's being stubborn. It's being stubborn. What, what would, what, who would we be today? What would it be like today if Jesus would have said, hang on a minute, I got a better plan. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk about it. No, Je- Jesus didn't do that. He went to the cross for you and I willingly. He died. He, he, bare, he, he bore our sins, our transgressions. He, he held them on his shoulders and, and took the cross willingly on our behalf. Nothing is impossible with God. What about in Job 42, 1 and 2? Then Job answered the Lord and he said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Job loses everything but his wife. And after a time with his friends and all the trouble that he is enduring, you know, you know, being sick and hurting. And if I lost everything, I would almost get to a point of depression. And, and why me? You know, that's human nature, right? And he starts questioning God. <laughs> he starts questioning God. And then he had to come to himself and say, you know what? You're the one that created the heavens and the earth. You are the one that told the stars where they are going to light up, where the moon was going to hang and when the sun would come up. God was the one that did that. Who am I? He's the one that made man from dust of the earth and woman from his rib. It's all him. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. In Jeremiah 32 and 17, ah, 
Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth. By your great power and your outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. Why do we think when we go through trials and tribulations that we don't think that God is big enough to handle every situation? Why do we think when we're faced with a diagnosis that God can't heal? Why do we think that when we sin that we have to hang our head down and be ashamed and continue sinning until the Lord, you allow the Lord to really get a hold of you. There's nothing impossible with him. He's, he's the one that when faced with battles and you have an army that is much smaller than the one that's coming against him, that he was the one that defeated that army. Nothing's impossible with him. We just have to know who we're going to glorify. Is it ourselves or is it going to be him? You know, I'm reminded of of a story. And this is one of the ones that, oh, here's one that the, um, we'll get back to that in just a second. But you think about it. Where you had Moses was called to deliver the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, right? Whoo, they've been stuck there for a while. And God uses Moses, a man that he says that, that he was, um, wasn't perfect in speech. Do you, do you know, God uses people the ones that will allow him to, to use the, the things that you think are imperfect because he's going to get the glory. It's not you, right? A man that's, that what stuttered in his speech. He used that man mightily for the glory of God. You had... You had um, it's, one of my very favorite stories, because I sit there and I wonder, they, they, they went through plague after plague after plague after plague, hardship after hardship after hardship after hardship. What was it going to take for Pharaoh to let God's people go? I think it would have been the frogs in my drink. The flies swarming around. Well, did I really want to wait until my firstborn was dead time after time and I often wondered God why because it says that that you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to tell him let my people go and then I'm going to harden his heart why would you do that you know if you're if, if you're saying you're going to him to let my people go then why are you saying I'm about to harden his heart why give God the glory He deserves all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. We don't deserve any of it. Let my people go. And then when he finally did, I'm telling you, this is, 
I love this part of the story because when, when Pharaoh finally said, get out and take everything with you, I don't even care. And then he had to think about it once they were halfway there, you know, like they're gone. Now what did I do? But God told him that they end up at the Red Sea and they're looking and going, how in the world? God just delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians. After plague, you've seen what God can do. There was nothing impossible with him. You saw what God can do time and time and time again. His word. All he had to do was speak his word. And then they come to, the, to an to a impasse, and now what am I going to do? Well, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take the staff and you're going to stretch it out over the Red Sea. And it's going to part. And you're going to walk on dry ground. Who can do that but God? Nothing is impossible with our God. They walked on dry ground. And then the Egyptians, after they had already made it over, he takes the water and he drowns them all. And they are headed to the promised land. And you would have thought after time, after time, and time again of them seeing the hand of God be performed right in front of their eyes. It's not the miracles that save people. It's the blood of Jesus that saves them. It's, it's the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. It's not the miracles because they saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And then God provided for them. And they still took forever <laughs> to get to the promised land. I don't want it to take that long. I don't want it to, to take God showing out and then me going, yes, God, and getting, I'm, I'm all for it. And then I, I, I'm hit with something else. What we have to remember is that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. If God can create a kidney for a man, all things are possible. If somebody can get diagnosed with cancer and people are, lift them up and ask God to, to heal them and, and to restore health, and the next time they go to the doctor, there's nothing? There's nothing impossible with our God. If God can take a drug addict and deliver them and set them on fire, there's nothing impossible with God. If God, if a woman is barren and unable to conceive, and at the mention, at the word that God speaks, and she is able to bear a son, there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. 
if God can stop labor in a 20-year-old young woman and she give birth to two healthy little boys, there's nothing impossible with God. If God can bring home the wayward son and the dad put a robe upon his back, there is nothing impossible with God. What are you facing today? What impossibility are you faced with today? Where in your own strength, in your own mind, you're saying, God, how in the world am I going to overcome this? Let me tell you, there's nothing impossible with God.